Well, you only live once, maybe not And this life right now might be all we've got So let's contemplate the hereafter While we speculate with some laughter About this grim thing that happens to us all After that final curtain call But before you take that final breath Let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and today the subject is more about finding your focus in life. And not just that, but just how simple acts of kindness can compound to change things for more than just the person you're helping, you know, that that trickle-down effect, so to speak. But that's one of the many topics we talk about. Um, not that finding your focus is that in particular, but it's kind of how everything's all related. How, you know, finding what you want rather than admitting, or I should say, just giving up, you know? I'm not going to say admitting defeat, but just assuming you can't have it. You know, and that's that's something I've talked about before, Um in person with people as well as I, I believe I talked about this on the podcast, but it's that power of positive thought, you know, and it's that power of basically like a mindset shift, you know, um, I'll give you an example. If you look at people who, you know, are kind of douchebaggy and you go, well, why is it the douchebags always seem to get ahead in life? And there's part of, the reason is is almost the power in the mindset because sometimes the douchebags don't know they shouldn't. You know, they just assume they should. And so therefore they do. And that's how I'm a firm believer that that's how the universe works. I'm a firm believer in, you know, the, the manifesting your reality in, you know, to some degree. I mean, yeah, there's certain things you can't control, but I do believe and I'm learning more later in life that the more you focus on the negative, the more that's all you're going to see, you know. Whether it attracts to you physically from a universal standpoint or that's just all you see. I mean, everybody knows that that negative Nancy or that naysayer who everything you do, all they do is bitch. You know, go out to a nice meal. Something is going to be found to be wrong. You know, and that's one of the things we talk about today with uh, my guest, uh, Carl Moose. He is your focus guy. That's what his whole thing about, you know, is about. He... He uh, uh, trained under Bob Proctor, for those of you who are familiar with Bob, and he's one of the big forefront people in the whole power of positive thought kind of concept. But, uh, you know, talking with uh, with Carl, it just it, it helped me kind of reset and get myself back to, you know, what I what I really need to be doing. And this was recorded a few weeks ago, but just listening back through the podcast, it made me just remember that that's that's what we're all here for. You know, he has this concept of, of uh, he's got an acronym of snow. The only things we need are snow. And that's sleep, nourishment, oxygen, and water. And think about that. That's really all you need to survive. Everything else is just trivial. And that's something I'm coming to learn, you know, in my old age, that when it really comes down to everything, 
even, you know, even this existence, it's all trivial in the grand scheme of things. That's, that's what I believe. You know, and I'm not saying throw your life away. No, if anything, just the opposite, take more chances, go for more shit, live your dreams, get geeked about life, you know, start taking those risks. Not, not anything foolish, but just something that you, you've always dreamt about. Just go for it. So anyway, I'm going to keep this intro brief and, uh, this is my conversation with Carl Moose, and enjoy. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, uh, in fact, take it from the top with Napoleon Hill and that. I'm, I'm actually, I'm familiar with the book, though, yes. Yeah, so I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I was originally introduced to the book, uh, gosh, years ago when I was in high school, and I didn't, um, I didn't, um, you know, really pay attention to it because I just, you know, I wasn't ready for it. Um, so it was years later that Bob Proctor, who you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you may have heard of, um, you know, he's he is probably best known for the movie The Secret. Yes. Um, he's the guy that looks like Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know it's so funny because I was actually in Aspen with Bob. Oh wow! Uh, the week the weekend that he filmed that, we were in Aspen, Colorado, and um, uh, you know he's a huge Napoleon Hill guy. He's a huge uh, Law of Attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Think and Grow Rich. So, um, you know that that last chapter in that book. Have you read the book before or, or not? You know what? I was doing an audiobook version of it, and then I know this is going to sound bad, but I, I I was doing it on the way home on the bus. Uh, I commute into the city and I was doing it and uh, I, I, I kind of, it just, I got sidetracked and yeah. one thing, you know, and, and I was interested in the book, the book is fascinating. Uh, successful and, and um, wealthy men and women of the time. And so, uh, you know, it's the equivalent of if you and I interviewed, you know, Elon Musk and, and uh, Branson and, uh, you know, Steve Jobs and, 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 you know, just all the, all the, the, the top people, Mark Cuban, you know, all the people, you know, today, and he interviewed, you know, almost a thousand of those people. And then he wrote a book and the last chapter talks about the six ghosts of fear and the six human fears. And the last one that he mentioned is the fear of death, you know, and the really great thing about the books, particularly this chapter, and you know, a lot of the people that, I, that go through my course, cause I've created a whole course around those principles. Nice. You know, I tell them, listen, if you get nothing else out of this book, just, that, you know, if there was one chapter, you know, that could really make a huge difference in your life immediately, you know, it is the, the chapter on fears because it really explains the root of our fears. It explains the cause of our fears. And it also gives us some instruction about how to manage our fears. Right. Because you never you can you never get rid of them. They're part of they're part of who you are. You know, so you manage them. And, you know, the fear of death is one that, um, you know, when you really put it in perspective, um, it's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's not nothing, I, not too many people I know that look forward to it. However, <laughs> it is, right? Yeah, but it's, yeah. but, but it, it's part of the life cycle. Totally. Totally. That's, and that's, that's one of the things, you know, that I'm, I'm hoping with the podcast is to just give people a, not a, not a coping mechanism, but just, you know, different perspectives on what happens when we're gone to kind of give people food for thought to say, you know what, this isn't necessarily something to be feared. I'm not right. saying run, you know, run head tilt into it either, but 
I, I, just recently myself, I've learned to not be afraid of death because it's it's one of those things that you, you know, you you can't avoid. I mean, it's you could prolong it, you know, you or right. I should say, uh, 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 you know, prolong the 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 inevitable. But uh, but it's one of those things that if you live your whole life fearing it, you're not going to really live your life. Well, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, let's think about it for a moment. Fear is a state of mind. You know, mm-hmm. fear is a state of mind. It's usually it usually comes out of negative thinking is usually the mother of fear. Right. And it's it, um, we're afraid of something that hasn't happened yet. And none of us yeah. know exactly what that what that moment is, because we just don't. It's one of the things It's part of the human condition. You know, it's got, you know, it's not exactly. But, you know, I use the analogy of electricity. Right. You know, a little kid, as soon as they can walk and reach a light switch, understands that if they hit the light switch, the lights go on, right? But mm-hmm. even the smartest people in the world today cannot fully explain electricity and how it, how it really works, right? And yeah, so yeah. there are some things that are just beyond our comprehension. We simply don't have the tools mentally, the mental tools uh, or the technology to understand. And death is one of those things. So, you know, do you go through your entire life being afraid of death? Because that, as you said, that's no way to live your life, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the, re- the reality is, it's something that is inevitable. You know, can we prolong it? Are, is science, uh, you know, showing us how we can do it with all kinds of crazy stuff and new nutrition and everything else? Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's the end it, it's, it's the end of our physical existence. Now, you know, one of the things that I talk to people about is we really exist on three separate planes, right? We exist in three separate planes simultaneously. We exist on the physical plane, the intellectual plane, and the highest level, which is the spiritual plane. And physically, our bodies are a, a, an example of our f- physical plane, right? We, we live within our bodies. There's no doubt. There's no distinct, you know, there's no argument about that, right? And mm-hmm. intellectually, you know, intellectually is where we think, our logical brain, our, our conscious brain, our, you know, our, our, our uh, reasoning brain, right? And then on the higher level is our spirit, right? And, yeah. And when you think of it on that from that terms, it's easier. It's it is easier to digest because you say, you know, sooner or later, my physical the molecules that make up my physical body are just gonna they're gonna they're not gonna be there anymore, right? They're gonna be in a different form. Mm -hmm. But intellectually and spiritually, I can live, I I can live well beyond my physical years, right? And so that that starts for me, it it opens up a new possibility, right? And says, you know what? What can I contribute? You know what? What can I provide? on an intellectual and a spiritual level that's going to live beyond my physical being. Because at the end of the day, we are going to cash, you're going to cash your body in and your spirit and your energy is going to go somewhere, wherever it came from, where it was before. So when you, when you look at life from that perspective, it's, it's more inspiring. It's more, it's more, you know what I mean? And, 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 And listen, I'm 58 years old. I have friends of mine, that say that say, oh God, I got another ten years left in me. I say, stop saying that. And I'm serious. You know, I say, stop saying that around me. I don't, I don't want you to say that around me anymore because I don't want to be in that thought. Yeah. In that thought process. You know what I mean? I mean, they literally they have one foot on the banana peel and the other foot in the grave. I mean, and they're they're young <laughs> men. You know what I mean? I they're like young men. Analogy. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's because people are living longer now and people are you know in general and uh yeah to have that kind of mentality it's you know i talked to a previous guest who her long story short her husband was given you know like basically weeks to live um and 
they, you know, he had one of those terminal forms of cancer that basically it was a case where it was a death sentence. And right. they kept the positive attitude and he ended up living not well past, but I mean, all, upwards of a year when it should have been weeks. And right. he just stayed positive and he stayed and he knew the end was coming. Well, these guys were right. saying they got 10 years left. And I'll be honest with you, I've been guilty of that myself, you know, because I'm not in the best of shape. And I right. sit there and go, yeah, you know, well, I'm I'm fixing that. I'm changing that because I, I've got to, you know, and, and I want to. And so but to sit there and say you've got X amount of years left, you're going to have X amount of years left. Well, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, the human mind is is incredibly powerful. We have no totally. clue about yeah. oh, exactly yeah. how, you know. And and I'm you know, listen, remember the 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 body is an instrument of the mind. The mind is not an instrument of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell people nobody ever guesses my age. And and I'm listen, I put on some weight. And I'm not as in good shape as I used to be, you know. But I have a website. One of my emails is. Uh, my last name one one zero because I tell everybody I'm going to live to be at least 110 years old. Now that may or may not happen. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's around the corner, but that's my mindset. And yeah. because of my mindset, I I feel younger. I'm 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 more vibrant. I look younger. I think younger. You know what I mean? Because you know I'm halfway there. So yeah. a little more than halfway there. But my point is, or I can say to myself, oh, I'm you know maybe gone by 70. Well, you're actually increasing the probability of something coming your way because. You know, the universe doesn't know the difference. The universe will listen to whatever you say uh -huh. and, and will react to that. It, it, it can't say, uh, you know, well, you know, uh, it won't respond to you in other anything other than, uh, you know, a reflection of what you put out there, whatever goes out of your mind. Right. And yeah. and it's like a mirror. I tell my kids, it's like a mirror. You know, if you hold an apple up to the mirror, you're not going to see an orange. You're going to see an apple. I said <laughs> the universe is the same way. Well, it's true, though. Yeah, no, that's, know, I like that analogy as well. Yeah, the mirror has no ability to change the image of the apple, right? And too, and the universe, too. the universe will just reflect back to you whatever whatever energy on an intellectual and on a spiritual level that you put out there, and that makes life so much more worth living. Yeah, yeah. And it's and again, you know, and and you know, we know, you know, yes, absolutely. You know, the physical body will break down. There are diseases you know, that attack the physical body. And I, I'm not suggesting, I know you're not either, that you put your head in the sand, right? Or mm -hmm. you ignore, you know, but there's a difference between operating out of fear and operating out of faith. And there's a difference between caution and fear, right? There's nothing wrong with being cautious. Absolutely. You don't jump off a building and hope you can fly kind of thing. It's, it's you know, it's a case where, you know, there's being fearless and then there's being cautious, like you said, and there's, I mean, there's a certain right, responsibility being, with being fearless as well. <laughs> well and there, yeah, and then there's being reckless. You know what I mean? Reckless. Just being, That's the perfect yeah. word. Yes, being reckless yeah. is not the same as being fearless. No. You know, and that's no. uh, you know that that's one of the things where it's uh, it's a case of of I think a lot of people mistake that, and they think, mm -hmm. well, you you know, I'm going to ride this. I'm gonna, I'm going to you know stand on the seat of this motorcycle because I've got to prove I've got no fear. No, that's reckless. You know, right. it's like, uh, yeah. but I, one of the things that I found that's freeing once I was able to come to grips with the fact that, yes, one day I'm going to die and there's no point in fearing it, um, is when I sit there and say the worst thing that can happen, you know, to, to, to my body, you know, I mean, there are worse, there are worse things than me dying. Let's be honest, you know, uh, uh, in, in perspective to my, my, my existence, you know, something happening to my wife, my son, whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. But most of the time, you can sit there and say, okay, what's, it, what's the worst that's going to happen if I do this? I'm not going to die. If I'm not afraid of dying, right. what, why, why be afraid of it? 
And a lot of times, right. the only way you can find the, the fix the problems is to you know fail and find the right. holes and find the leaks and fix the roof. Yeah, well, that's one hundred percent correct. You know, and it's interesting because Napoleon Hill has an interesting perspective on that. You know, temporary failure is the first step of success. If you're not willing to fail, yeah. you'll never succeed. Now, that's different than defeat. Defeat is when you decide to quit. There's a distinction there, right? The yeah. Failure only becomes defeat when you decide to quit. You know, Thomas Edison, who was one of his one of the people, one of his contemporaries, one of the people he became friends with. You know, somebody asked Thomas Edison, I don't remember if it was a newspaper person or who, but said, you know, um, you know, why didn't you quit after, you know, 9,999 times of not finding the right filament, you know, to, that would last for lo longer than 30 seconds. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, it's not that he couldn't get the light bulb. He was trying to find a filament that would last longer than 30 seconds. And they say he went through almost 10,000 samples. He said, they, I just, he said, I didn't fail. He said, I just learned how not to do it. You know, it's just, those were, I just realized <laughs> yeah. that. And that, but isn't that a great perspective? It is a great perspective because I mean, let's be honest. I, I don't think I could count many things, if at all, in my life that I didn't say screw it after 10 times of failing, let alone 10,000 right. times of failing, you know? And right. that's, but he, but he knew, he knew that the science was sound. He knew that it was just a matter of finding that thing. And yeah, yeah. so he did. He, looking at it from the perspective of, well, I know how not to do it, and that's that's a, that's a pretty refreshing take on on failure, right there. Well, and, and again, at the and, and let, how does that come back around death? I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, you're playing you're playing a game of chess with with Father Time, and yeah, sooner or later, yeah. you're never go, you're never going to win that game. You know what I mean? So the, the question is, how long can you prolong the game and and live a, a you know, a life of, of virtue and a life that that's you know has meaning and significance and and serves other people. Um, you know, and again, you know, we ultimately one could say that ultimately we will fail at the life at the game of life. But I don't yeah. agree with that. I mean, it really depends on what you do. Yeah. You know what you do with your life, and and the other thing is when you really understand how much of a miracle it is. Just that you and I are having this phone call. I mean, you know, if, when you really start to get granular about the miracle that, of, of, of life, you know, there's a life force within all of us that we, we cannot understand. We've been trying to, humankind has been trying to reproduce this for eons, yeah. thousands and thousands of years, and we haven't figured out. There's something, again, it's like that electricity or gravity, right? That was Einstein's biggest dilemma. He couldn't figure out gravity, right? And so... We all know how it works. You know, I mean, you just drop something, you know, it's going to fall. But, you know, there's a life force within all of us that we've not been able to mimic. We've not been able to reproduce. And it's in every single one of us. If you really just think about the miracle of that, your life is a miracle. Absolutely. Your life is a miracle. And when you, you know, when you start to think about that, regardless of what, you know, what, what you may um, come down with or what, may be ailing your physical body, which a lot of times, by the way, there's a lot of people, I'm one of them, that believes that you can actually reverse um, some things that are that are going on in your body by the way that you think, you know, by being positive, like the example you gave. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, and it didn't, didn't necessarily reverse it entirely, but it definitely added a lot more time. And honestly, who knows how long, how much time we all have anyway. You know, right. it's, it's, and that and that's one of the things that made me come to realize is why worry about it because I could literally <laughs> worry and then get in the car accident tomorrow tonight. Well, you know, it's it's, so, 
you know, here's the thing. It, it is funny you bring that up. It's not funny. It's there's no coincidence. You know, the last chapter talks about the five things. The five things that really stop you in life, right? Fear, which we just talked about, the six fears, which, by the way, if anybody wants, I have all this stuff. I, I, I've been a student at Napoleon Hill and think we're rich for decades. Nice. Um, you know, if any of your listeners want, uh, you know, I've, I've got a little exercise on fears. Yeah, you know, yeah I got a definitely. Little, you know, I'd so, like to so, check it out myself. So. Yeah, well, you know, I'll let you know how you can request one. Just text, email me and I'll send it to you. But, um, you know, fear, doubt, confusion, uh, indecision, and worry. Those are the things that stop us in life. Fear, doubt, confusion, indecision, and worry. And I, I did a little exercise. I put it together. Um, you know, some of the people I train where you can you can address each and every one of those. In other words, everywhere that you're stopped in life, you can look and see one of those five things are at play, if not several of them, right? And so when you're aware of that, then you can start to control it, right? And when you control it, then you can start to direct it. And so when this particular fear, say of criticism, I had somebody who was afraid of spiders. This woman, I, I used to have a tarantula. Um, <laughs> you know, that's one of the fears, right? Mm -hmm. you know, she, she said, she said, well, I'm afraid of spiders. I said, you're not afraid of spiders. I said, you're afraid of the, the impact that they'd have on you. You're afraid of getting sick. It's one of the six fears, the fear of illness, right? Or the fear of death, right? That's another one of the six fears. So I used to have a paperweight that was a, a, a tarantula in glass sitting at my desk. She would literally have make me put it in my drawer. I said, you do realize this thing has been dead for probably 50 years and it's encapsulated. <laughs> it's a glass. It's not going anywhere. I literally, when she would sit there, two weeks later, I had her, uh, I had her in a room. She wouldn't even go in the room while I had the spider on the desk. Wow. She had spiders crawling on her hand. Wow. And you know why? You know why? Because she realized she wasn't really afraid of the spider. She wasn't afraid of the spider. She was afraid the spiders bite. The effect it would the have effect, on her because yeah. when she, because when she was a little girl she got bit by a spider and she broke out in hives right so you know what's the point the point is everywhere in your life where you're stopped it's fear doubt confusion indecision or worry right and to your point you know when you worry you don't trust right and when you trust you don't worry you can't do those two same th things at the same time when you're worrying about uh, uh, anything, you're you're lacking trust somewhere. And there's some really simple exercises to get you out of that. The first thing is to become aware of it, right? Yeah. When you when you become aware of it, then you just say, okay, where am I lacking trust with regard to this relationship? Or where am I lacking trust with regard to this particular thing that I want to implement or do? Whatever it may be, right? And worry goes right out the window because when you replace worry with trust, it goes right out the window. What, how do you help somebody who has deep-rooted trust issues with a particular subject, for example? Like, I'll give you an example. Myself, when I was little, my, I was, you know, brought to the dentist, and the dentist told me that, and I, I, I've gotten over my fear of dentists. I hated the dentist for the longest time. I, I didn't go for a while, partially because I was embarrassed because it had been so long, but also partially because I had a fear. And... When I was little, I'm talking under 10 years old, maybe like seven or eight or so, I went and had some cavities and he didn't numb me. And he says, oh, you're not going to feel it. And so he would drill and it would break through that threshold of the, of the, the you know, the, the outer part of the tooth and then boom, nail the cavity and I would jump. And he did it, you know, several times. And then I went to another dentist and they did the same thing and why they wouldn't numb me. So then it got to the point where I just assumed that was what dentistry was. And so I yeah. didn't trust when they would tell me that. 
And then I went to my wife's dentist and I was like, well, you know what? I had a filling fallout. And I'm like, you know, and fortunately I have good teeth. That's one thing I do have good, good on me is, is I got great teeth. I get a cavity like right. once a decade, you know? And, uh, so I went in and she, she thought I hadn't gone in cause I was scared. And it was like, well, it wasn't so much that I was scared, but I was scared from the standpoint of, I didn't know how much I could trust. And you know, that that's it. She was like, no, I assure you, we're going to numb you. You're not, you know, it's not going to, you're going to feel a little poke and cetera, et cetera. And she was very honest with me. So she was an incredible dentist. I loved going to her, Right. but it's like that, of course, I'm using as a metaphor for other things in lives, you know, but whether it's sure. people who have bad relationships and it's like, how do you trust somebody when, when you've had that series of bad relationships or whatever, you know? Right. Well, it's, you know, I don't think we have enough time to go through it all on this call. <laughs> Probably but, not. <laughs> you know, I mean, the first thing is, the first thing is, of anything, which are the pillars of my program, is 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 awareness, right? So, so you being aware and being able to go back and identify, you know, that it was this situation or these two situations is the starting point. Because then you can rationalize and say, okay, that was just circumstantial. It's just, it's what happened. Every dentist, obviously, I don't know how many dentists there are in the United States, but then I know there's thousands of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so you start there and say, you realize as an adult, you say, okay, I, I understand it was something that happened. I made, I gave it meaning, right? I assigned it a value mm -hmm. and, and it happened to be a minus value, a negative value, right? And so, um, you know, every time I think of a dentist or see a dentist or I smell the smells that you smell at a dentist's office, <laughs> my mind naturally triggers that so it's it's about retraining your brain and just and just really and, and one of the chapters the second chapter of the book is called the law of auto suggestion right the law of auto suggestion it talks about your self-talk and it's the medium by which to influence the subconscious mind so your subconscious mind is what's really controlling you my subconscious mind is controlling me so reprogramming your subconscious mind about you about its understanding of a dentist because remember the subconscious mind has no ability to check fact check. It can't tell you if you're right or you're wrong, gotcha. if it's true or if it's false. Your, your subconscious mind will accept anything that you drop in there and emotionalize, right? Like pain as a child. You know, somewhere in, down in your subconscious mind, you identify dentist pain and, 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 and not wanting to go there, right? So retraining your subconscious mind, and it could be something, something as simple as saying, I love dentists, even if you don't, you know, <laughs> I know Den uh, seriously. I mean, no, no, I, I, it sounds absolutely, absolutely. Right. And that's exactly what I did with the woman with the spiders. I made her write out and, and recite. I love spiders. Spiders are my friends. Spiders eat bugs, right? I made her do this. And sooner or later, her subconscious mind got the understanding that, you know, it, it, it no longer uh, harbored that fear of spiders, which really wasn't a fear of spiders. It was a fear of her getting bitten when she was a little girl. And I said, why? You know, we kept saying, why, 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 why? Why are you afraid of spiders? Because I don't like them. Why don't you like them? Because they're gross. Why are they gross? Right? I just kept asking, why, why, why? She finally got to the point where she broke, she almost broke down in tears and said, because when I was a little girl, I got bit by a spider. And, you know, I got a rash. I said, okay. I said, that's, that's it. I can tell because you're like, you're like becoming a little girl right now. You know what I mean? And, and so she, at that moment she understood, wow, I'm not really afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of the, the fear of illness, yeah. right? It's yeah. about getting sick. So that's, I mean, again, and I, by, by the way, I am not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I, these are all my own life experiences. Mm -hmm. um, however, I've worked with thousands of people and um, you know, when you manage your fear, now listen, 
that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a fear of illness or fear of getting bit by a spider or a rash. Yeah. She, she, she just knows how to deal with it now. That's yeah. It's, it's a matter of, of, I don't want to say compartmentalizing it, but in a sense, she kind of was, it's not the spider itself. It's the reaction that she perceives she would have. Um, right. And she would most likely if she broke out in a rash, if it's the same kind of spider, especially, but you know, all spiders have different tendencies towards people anyway. But, uh, but when it happens, especially at a young age, I'm not, a. I, I don't like the feel of going underwater because I almost drowned when I was little. So to this day, yep. I don't swim. And it's yeah. not that I'm afraid of drowning. I don't like that feeling of being underwater. And, yeah. you know, and so, and, I, and I've come to rationalize that. And so it's like, you know, I just, in a, as, a, as a catch-all, I just say, yeah, I, I've, I've got, I don't like water. I've got a fear of water or whatever because people can wrap yeah. their heads around that, you know. Yeah. But it really yeah. comes down to that feeling of the pressure on my face. It just bothers me, you know. So, yeah. Um, you know, I thought well, about that, scuba diving for that reason, though, to try it. Maybe it's different. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, and there is a distinction. I mean, you start to break it down and you say, you know, there's a difference between being uncomfortable and being you know, a feeling of unsafe, right? And yeah. so, you know, I mean, and everybody, you know, here's what I know. You know, we're all different, you know, and that's what makes us different. You know, totally. and, uh, honestly, you know, if you dissected me and you dissected somebody from a thousand years ago and you looked at our kidneys, you, we could be related to each other, right? I mean, we're, you know, on a physical level, we're very, very, most of us are very, very similar, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure to, to some animals, we look like fish, you know, I mean, some fish, you know, most fish look alike yeah. to me, yeah, right? Totally, I mean, yeah. because, right, but, you know, they're really not if you're a fish expert. But the point is, you know, that's not what makes us different. It's not the physical part of our experience, but our experience part of our experience. So, you know, that's what, that's what makes you unique. You know, your fears are your fears. However, they're rooted in the six common fears, right? And and I'll give them to you real quickly and I'll be more than happy to send them to you, but the fear of criticism, the the fear of criticism or the fear of judgment, uh, the fear of poverty or the fear of success. Some people, it's the same one, by the way, opposite ends of the spectrum, Uh, the fear of loss of love or affinity towards others. The fear of, of uh, ill health, which we talked about, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. That's it. Every, I, I've, I've trained thousands of people. I've had people stand up and say, I'm afraid of public speaking. I'm like, no, you're not. You're afraid of being judged. You know, I'm yeah. afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. No, you're not. You're afraid of hitting the pavement at 118 <laughs> miles an hour. You know what exactly. I mean? You know, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're afraid of spiders. No, you're not. You know, you're afraid of girls. No, you're not. You know, whatever it is, it falls into one of those six categories. And when you when you start to understand the root of, of where that comes from deep in our DNA, deep in our DNA, most of these fears come out of ancient, uh, our ancient uh, um, ancestors, you know, uh, um, because these fears were the things that kept us in alpha mode and kept us safe. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like the fear of criticism. The fear of criticism stems from, you know, it, you know when we were living in caves, if you were criticized or judged and, and ostracized from the group, you could literally be left out in the cold with no food or clothing and die. And die. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case. We've, we've, you know, we've moved out of the cave and into the condo now. We live in, you know, we don't <laughs> we live in that same, right? That's what Bob Proctor's saying. He says that all the time, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, the, but the fear of criticism is still real in almost all human beings because of it's, it's really rooted in our DNA. So when you understand that, you can go, 
what am I really afraid of? I'm afraid of, you know, I'm standing in front of 300 people. What are they going to do to me? If I act of learning and listening, number one, the, you know, the other right. half, you know, don't understand me. So what am I really afraid of? Right. It's so it's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And that's, that's told, that's so true. It's, it's, or fear of talking to people in general is it's a case of, they're not going to all of a sudden pull out a switchblade and stab you in the neck or something. You know? it's, right. like, it's not a fight or flight type of mode like it used to be. I mean, that whole <clears throat> being criticized and being ostracized from your group was a fight or flight type of mechanism that you didn't want to have happen. Otherwise, yeah, most likely you would die. You, 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 you know, absolutely. You'd be left out in the cold. You you might not survive the night. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and that was. That was real, you know, and it, it also goes for the fear of death. I mean, when you really understand the cycle of life and you start to you start to elevate your thinking into above just the physical, into the intellectual and into the spiritual, because, you know, another thing Bob Proctor used to tell me all the time, I worked with him for you know many years, uh, you know, and had the pleasure of being one on one with him, you know, for years. Um, he he said, awesome. Listen, we're not we're not physical beings having a spiritual ex, uh, experience we're spiritual beings having a physical experiment experience right yeah, I mean yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you've had it while wow, you know, I was skiing I had this spiritual experience no we are spiritual creatures don't there's no argument about that we are spiritual creatures and we are just now in the physical plane which is the lowest level of existence and sooner or later you know these molecules and this energy within us is going to um, it's going to move on. It's going to it's going to pass through this, um, and when you understand that, life takes on a totally different dimension. You know, it takes on a totally different dimension. Totally, it, it's it's a case of if there's one thing that I've learned in the recent years, you know, because I've I've taken a few courses and I've I've looked into Bob Proctor, my wife and I both have, and and you know Napoleon Hill and all the different <clears throat> excuse me the uh, modern day big thinkers. Um, that are like, listen, we're doing things a little bit not wrong, but there's a different way where you can, you know, you can achieve your goals in that. Um, one of the things that I've learned, um, are you familiar with the uh, uh, Andy Dooley and uh, Mike Dooley? Yeah, yeah, that that you know, some of that kind of thinking too. Where basically, in a nutshell, what I've learned is that, and and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is is a lot of this is, is, I don't want to say trivial, <clears throat> man, excuse me. I don't want to say trivial in the sense it's not important, but it's trivial in the sense in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, it's important to you right now. You pay your bills, you pay, you know, you pay your rent, your, et cetera. But you know, your job, if you lost your job, there's going to be an answer. There's going to be an answer to everything. And that right there is one of the things that I've gotten from a lot of these types of guys, you know, that uh, uh, that you're referring to uh, is mindset, you know, is is a, is a very powerful thing. You know, I've, it's 95 yeah, mindset's 95 percent or more of everything you do. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, and when you when you understand that um, and that's part of my mission, my mission is to get this information to as many people as possible because it will, it'll change the world. I mean, if you just look totally. at it, I don't want to go in. You know, if you just look at what's going on right now in our society, it's a mindset. You know, it's 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 mindset, and you know, our and and that drives the body. You do you know in the in the, the amount of time that you and I have been talking, millions of cells in your body and millions of cells in my body have regenerated. I mean, it's just that's an ongoing. I think I think I read something that every ninety days, the majority there's a few few of your organs that don't generate regenerate 
as often or as fast, but 90% of your body in 90 days is totally new cells, right? So I always tell people, you know, negative and positive thoughts, right? If you, you are totally in control of your thoughts, it's the one and only thing that we control in the universe is your thoughts. I can't, I can't control your thoughts. I may influence your thoughts, but I can't control them. That's a one corner of the universe that each and every human being has absolute control over is your thoughts, right? If you want to be in a negative energy, in a negative thought pattern, your cells, your body is regenerating in a negative vibration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In a negative vibration. Or you have the choice to be positive and to be outgoing and positive and assertive. Your cells will literally uh, uh, be, be uh, you know, come into being in a positive energy. You choose. And, you know, they've actually done science. That shows you that. I don't know. Have you ever seen the ice forming? Have you seen that? The Japanese experiment? I forget who did it. Did you ever see that experiment? No, I haven't. I'm not familiar. Where they, where they, where they took equal <laughs> amounts of water, the exact the exact same water, no no difference in the chemical make, and they they they, they form crystals with um, with uh, uh, classical music, classical music playing, and uh, and some other uh, like heavy metal like or death very metal derogatory or something. Yeah, yeah, some very derogatory <laughs> energy. Right. And and, you know, some people argue, well, it was different sound waves. And the, the, the scientists said, well, OK, yeah, that's right. I mean, sound waves are energy. I mean, it's energy. Yeah. The point is, when you looked at the crystals formed in the classical music, they were absolutely beautiful. I mean, they were unbelievable. Right. Same temperature, same water, same everything. The only variable was the, the, the energy. Right. The other ones were, were very angular and they were they just didn't look the same. Right. And the conclusion that this guy came up with is that energy absolutely affects matter. And our bodies are made up of energy and matter. Yeah. And yeah. so and and if you want to regenerate yourself, your physical self in a negative energy, worrying, being indecisive, doubtful, fearful, it's going to have a negative effect on the length of your life, period. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And that's that's something that I that I know. But yet I still there's almost here's the crazy thing is there almost seems to be a strange form of of just sick comfort in worrying about stuff. Well, it's funny you say that because we get something out of it, right? Yeah, there's some yeah. you get you get to either invalidate somebody else or justify your own being. There's something you get out of it. Make other people wrong. Um, you get to be the victim. You know, yeah. and it, it and, you know, that brings me – that reminds me of something that we did with Bob, you know, which is very odd to do it the first time we did it. But we used to do a lot of exercises, which, you know, obviously I've, I've shared with other people. But he, he had me say one time that I'm 100% responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and my results, which actually – which eventually become my reality, right? Yeah. And totally. so when people worry, right, worry is a negative – thought it's absence of trust and it's driven by our ego and our ego is 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 really the troublemaker that runs around in our mind right and so it it allows us to be irresponsible so when we're worrying about what somebody else is going to do we're not trusting in our own ability to do what we know what's right you understand what i mean by that yeah and yeah. and so worrying you know worrying is a way for us to be irresponsible worrying is a way for our ego to keep us occupied and drifting away from our true purpose. You know, worrying doesn't rob tomorrow of its sorrow. It only robs today of its joy. You know, it, it's, it takes the joy out of today. 
whatever's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen. Do you have some control over it? Some say it? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, none of us can predict. So worrying about something that hasn't happened yet only robs today of its joy. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Is it, it, and that's something I've gotten better. I've gotten better about it, but I still there are times where I have to, <laughs> you know, I got to catch myself and say, what's the point? You know, because I was okay. I, I worked on a, a series of film projects with a friend of mine, and and uh, I've talked about them on the podcast several times. But they're they're they've got a pretty decent following. They're up on Amazon, etc. And uh, you know, they trended for a while on Amazon. Anyway, the reason why I bring them up is. I would sit there and and I'm the kind of person where I like to have a contingency plan for every possible thing that could go wrong. And the guy who was in charge of these uh, uh, the movies, he was like, why are you worrying about it right now? Let's worry about it if and when it happens. Otherwise, all you're doing is worrying for nothing. And it's like and he would tell me this for years. He told me that. And it finally clicked one day where it's like, why am I going to worry? Because. You know, I, I had to actually write out a bunch of things that that I realized that I had no clue how to do, and I managed. I had no yeah. idea how to raise a son. I had no idea how to, you know, uh, 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 various different projects I was involved in. You know, I had no idea how I was going to handle such and such thing, and I rattled off a bunch of things that I handled like a champ that I did not yeah. expect that I could have. And so well, now it's helped me learn, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of key things that come up, you know, our brains are incredible problem solvers. Our brains are totally. absolute. I mean, the, the most powerful artificial intelligence in the world is is operates on a, like a month old child. I mean, it's you know, compared to our ability to process and, and take in variable information and, and, and solve problems. So absolutely. And in your analogy with the filmmaker, I would venture to say that the filmmaker had high confidence in his ability and yeah. his experience. And he trusted, he said, uh, he may not have verbalized it. He may not have been able to articulate it, but at the end of the day, in that example, you know, you were worrying and he was trusting. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really that simple. Exactly. You, listen, and, and, and I, listen, I'm no different. We're all, you know, we're all humans. This stuff, you know, this is a continuum. It's not just like a degree and getting hang on your wall, <laughs> you know, but here's the kicker, you know, when you find yourself worried, right, and you will, you know, I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow or next week or whatever, but we just stop yourself, right, make a mental note of it and say, okay, just stop. Realize it's a state of mind. It's all in your mind. Mm-hmm. And then look to where you're lacking trust, right? Look to where you're lacking trust because when you can determine that, and I guarantee it's there. You may have to peel back a few layers, but it's there because worry doesn't – nothing in this world just – Everything we live in a dichotomy, you know, a world of dichotomy and duality and polarity, right? There's no oh, yeah. question without an answer, an answer without a question. You know, there's no life without death and death without life. You can go on and on and on. Same thing with worry and trust. If there, if worry is present, just look around and find where there's a lack of trust because worry is nothing more than a lack of trust. And when you can identify that and you can trust and you can switch that energy to trust, the worry goes right out the window because you cannot worry and trust at the same time. It's impossible to do. I like that. That's a lot of times the things I worry about is, and it comes down to one of those, uh, uh, those fears of usually it's a judgment type of thing. I worry that I screwed something up. I worry that I did something wrong. And so, yeah, it's, uh, and so the trust, so how do you handle that trust then that lack of trust in yourself? Well, you have to, it starts with you. 
like everything else in the world. Love starts with you. No one's going to love you if you don't love yourself. No one's going to trust you if you don't trust yourself. So you start with little steps. You know, it's just the same way you started. You, you said you have a son. How old's your son? Uh, he's 14 now. Okay. Well, you remember when you first started walking, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, walking, a lot of people realize this, walking, uh, t- technically walking is, is a very difficult thing to do. And, and little kids master it, right? But it's one step at a time. So how do you how do you start to rebuild trust and rewire your brain, retrain your brain? It starts with the law of auto-suggestion, right? Where you just, you start telling yourself, it could be something as simple as say, I trust myself. You know, and just, and just every, you know, whenever you've got a spare moment, just continuously say that I am a very trustworthy people. People can trust me. People seek me out because I'm trustworthy. I trust other people. You start to just, now I don't suggest you do that when you're at a dinner cocktail party, people will think you're nuts, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? But I'm mean, seriously, I mean, when you're in the shower or when, yeah, you're, when, yeah. you're, when you're driving, rather than filling your brain up with some negativity, which by the way, will naturally happen for some reason, our brains fill up with negativity, oh, yeah. but say, just, just do that and write it out. You know, maybe write it out and put it on your computer or write it out or, or, or print it out and put it on your mirror or print it. You know. So you start to train your subconscious mind and you'll, you'll, you'll happen. You'll start to trust yourself and you'll start to worry less about the fear of criticism or judgment when you're introducing yourself to somebody. You, it would just naturally happen because the universe has no choice but to respond to whatever you put out there. So that's, that, that's a really kind of an easy one. Nice. It's kind of an easy one. You know, if you just just look, you know, look to where you're lacking trust and start to convince yourself, even though you may not believe it intellectually, you may not believe it, but your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. It will it will operate and it will follow any direction you give it. And if you tell it, I'm the most trustworthy person in the world, it will believe you and it will start to operate on that premise. I'm telling you, it works. Yeah, no. And that that makes sense because it's. It's uh we 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 watched the uh, uh one of the Bob Proctor uh, programs in fact where he basically talks about how your first what is it first five years of life maybe less than that it's all you're just a, you're basically a sponge of of uh, positive or negative yeah you're getting wired you're coming online so to speak and you have to retrain your brain if it's you know I mean I'm sure there are, there are, there are certain people who. They've got all the nurturing, all the everything that needs to happen to them happen. And but I would say that's probably few and far between. Most people probably have, you know, the that the parents who argue or the um, you know, the the older sibling who picks on you, kind of whatever it happens to be, that then all feeds your subconscious mind and you figure, well, I've you know, I'm not worthy of whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And so, yeah, it's th- there are people who I've seen some people who have amazing talents who are like, I suck. It's like, how can you yeah. even think that? You know, yeah. so. Well, it's 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 interesting. It's easier for me to see somebody. It's easier for human beings to see somebody else succeed than it is for them to see themselves. Yeah. Succeed. And yeah. that that's a that's a par- you know, Bob's all about paradigms. It's about a paradigm shift. It's about shifting your paradigms. And, you know, you know, like, you know, because you've obviously seen Bob and I've trained with him. It's you, you inherit your paradigms. You inherit your parents, your paradigms from your mother, your father, your grandparents, your teachers. Right. And that's, um, you know, and now that we're parents, I'm a parent, too. I have three kids. You know, you have to be very careful about what you say, because, you know, especially when they're teenagers. Right. My kids are 15, 14 and 13. They 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 say things that I've said, you know, I mean, because they. Right. And so that's a paradigm. That's yeah. a paradigm. And we all have them. You know, some may be a little bit more 
positive than others, you know, and some, you know, however, that's not an excuse, right? Because no, when we not. get, when we get to the age of reasoning, you know, we all, you know, we, we, we get to a point where we say, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, you know, that you are responsible for 100% of your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and your results and your reality. And, you know, some people take some of their entire lifetime to figure that out. Some people figure it out, you know, much sooner. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy how, I don't want to say how programmed, but how similar every, you know, we're all unique individuals, but yet we all function on the same kind of fuel, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> well, it's, you know, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, and that's what I say. I say, you know, what makes us unique? What makes us our unique is our own experiences right yeah you, nobody has the same life experience as you that they may be similar yeah but they're not the same you know what i mean and totally and, you know it's interesting i was talking to somebody else you know back to like life and death i was talking to somebody else and she was somebody i worked with she's now eradicated the word me out of her vocabulary because um uh you know i i and i i we work together i said listen if you tell me one more time what you need, I'm just going to, it just goes in one ear or the out the other. I'm, I, there's zero inspiration. You're just needy. You know, and tell me what you want. And what's yeah. Bob saying around that? You know, you know what Bob says about that, right? I, tell me what you want and I'll show you how to get it. That's his tagline. Yeah. Show me what, tell me what you want and I'll show you how to get it. And that is absolutely true. You know, I know that myself personally from working with him, but all we need, think about this for a second. All we need, I use the acronym snow. Mm-hmm. S-N-O-W. All we need to survive and all we've ever needed to survive as human beings is snow, sleep, for S, N is nourishment, O is oxygen, W is water. If you take any of those four things away from human beings within a very short period of time, uh, you will not survive. But we're not interested in surviving. No. Right? We want to do more than survive. There's an infinite number of wants, right? There's an infinite number of wants. We may want... Shoes. We may want clothing. We may want love. We may want companionship, right? And that's the distinction. Um, and that's what makes. That's one of the other things that makes human beings common, right? We don't. We don't. There's very little that we need, right? Yeah. But what we want is what makes us. There's an infinite number of wants, and that's what makes us all unique, right? We're some different things that we want out of life. There's different things we want out of death. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. And when people think about that, I mean, some people think about that. What's what's you know, what's the movie, um, The Do-Over? Have you ever seen that one, The Do-Over? Oh, With Adam Sandler? Yeah, I... Oh, have I seen that? I want to say I did it, or I saw it, rather. It's a, it's a, it's about two high school guys that come together, and they, they fake their deaths, and then they go on to have a different life. It's a pretty funny movie. I'm going to check like, it out. I don't know if I've seen that yeah, one. I'm it's usually, called The Do-Over. I, I, I think it's on Netflix. It's pretty funny. And it's it's uh, David Spade and oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in. And if it's Spade and Sandler, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty funny. I want right? to say I've seen it, but I yeah. yeah. My memory's well, they, not they, the best all the time. They stage their deaths. They stage their deaths, and then they go to the funeral, <laughs> and they see you know they see what everybody said about him and what their ex-wife is doing. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty funny, I'm you know. Check but, that uh, out. Yeah. It's a it's a good little snippet on you know funerals and death. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you know, and that's that's the one thing is it's like I don't know. I, I I've said for for a while now that funerals are for the living. You know, they're they're not for the person who's died. But a lot of people, 
you know, they put that that emphasis on on uh, uh, well, what would they want? It's like you know what? I'll be honest with you. When I'm gone, I don't care as long as it's not as long as it's not something that you know. Uh, you hear of people who get taxidermy to put up in the corner of their bar. That's a little weird, but um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. so just plant me into the ground. Put me, in the, you know, make a tree. Put make turn me into a tree. That'd be great. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, have a big party. You know, yeah, have a good party. Holy you know, prop me up in the corner with a Cubs hat, throw sunglasses, <laughs> a hot dog, and a beer. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. you know, and it's, I, I had one guest who she she said it perfect. She's like, I don't want a funeral. I want a roast. I'm like, yeah, totally. You know, I want I want people. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, at my brother's funeral, we we told jokes. We you know we we told stories that were at his expense often. You know, where it was like, but it was funny. It wasn't. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't malicious. They were. Well, it was like he was there. You know. Yeah. Well, it's a celebration of the life, you know. What I mean, I mean that's yes. and that's, you know, that's what that's. What, listen, I'll tell you a real quick story. You know, I, I'm I'm a big hockey guy, and when I was 19 years old, I was trying to you know get on the Olympic team, and I was playing wow. okay. semi-professional hockey. Yeah, I was a good player. And my mother's mother, my grandmother, passed away. I was 19; she was 92. And I I told the coach, I said, I want to go home for my mother's funeral or my grandmother's funeral. He said, Well, if you leave the team when you get back, you're not going to be captain of the team. Right. So I when I was 19, I was, you know, I made a bad choice. I made a bad choice. I didn't go to my grandmother's funeral. Right. And for years, it it, I, it bothered me. Right. Because I was close with her and everything else. Well, my mom, years later, in my mom's wisdom, you know, I, I said, Mom, did you get, you know, did you and Aunt Marianne and, and dad ever forgive me for not going? I, and I wanted to I wanted to explain to them. And, you know, I felt bad about it. You know, my mom, you know, my mom said I'm getting goosebumps right now, by the way, just talking about this. But my mom said, you know, my mom said. You know, listen, Carl. She goes. We we understood. We forgave you. Grandma didn't know the difference. She said, and, and she said, as long as my mother said, as long as you keep her alive in your heart, she's always with you, right? Totally. And just by just by virtue of this conversation, you know, just by me mentioning her, I I literally, you know, I get the feeling that her energy is around me, even though she died forty years ago. You know yeah, what I'm saying? But yeah. her her energy, you know, I I'm still I get goosebumps when I tell that story because. That's really what it's about. It's really about what people are going to remember you. How many lives have you touched, right? Totally. How many, how much service have you provided? What, what have you left behind for people to learn from? Your legacy. Your experience, because exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's it's entirely. That is entirely. You know what I think it's all about is is how many, how many lives can you impact in a positive way? Yep. During your lifetime. You know, and, yep. and, and it's not a competition again. It's it's a matter of, you know, I mean, sometimes impacting someone's life could be as something as simple as saying hello to the to the person walking down the street because they were getting ready to go in and tell their you know boss to F off kind of thing. And, and they're like, you know what? Yeah, people aren't so bad. Maybe I won't today. And therefore, they're not going to have to, you know, because it, it, it's domino effects. It's 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 a butterfly effect. It's, you know, I, there there are instances in my life that I can seriously pinpoint down to a small, little, minute incident that my son wouldn't exist if it didn't happen. Yeah. You yep. know? Oh yeah. And it's like it, it's it's those kinds of things. So you never know. You never know who you're impacting. You never know what you're impacting. And and the more you can do, the better. You know, you got somebody who who uh, you know uh, uh, is is trying to help multiple people do that kind of thing. You know, someone like yourself or Proctor or or any of the people like that who are trying to say, hey, 
listen, there's more to life than just being miserable. You don't have to be miserable. That's not our our lot in life. Mm -hmm. Well, and you, yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you have, you have a mission for this podcast. You have a reason for doing this podcast. I mean, you're, you're, you're right there. You're right there as well. I mean, you're doing it by having this podcast and having conversations like this. And, you know, there's, there's an exercise I do. I did a, a 60 day journal, which is a 60, it's an exercise based on the principles of thinking we're rich in my program, which is find your focus. Well, it's broken into three 20 day, you know, three 20 day sections. The first section is finding your focus. Second section is maintaining your focus. And the third, uh, the last 20 days is about sustaining your focus. And part of what part during the sustaining part, I have people do an exercise. It's called one act of kindness a day, right? Just a simple act of kindness. And I, I send a list. I got a whole list of them. As a matter of fact, you know, if you want yeah, you know, definitely. I'd be more than happy to share this with any of your listeners, the fears or, you know, the totally. acts of kindness or positive stuff. affirmation, all of it. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. You know, the, more you, the more you give, the more you get. So just simple acts of kindness. You know, if everybody on earth did one act of kindness a day, that'd be 8 billion acts of kindness a day. It yeah. ends up being like, it ends up being like a 24,000 a second acts wow. of kindness. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, do you think that'd have a positive impact on the world? Right. Yeah, that and you know, and one of my favorite things, I, I shouldn't say my favorite things. It's not like I get up hoping to do this, but one of the things that I truly enjoy is when I go somewhere and I see somebody who's, you know, down on their luck and you know, we've all seen them, the people with the the cardboard sign. You know, I don't ever I don't typically give them cash. What I'll do is I'll if I'm going into some place to eat, I'll be like, "You hungry?" And usually 9 times out of 10 they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, totally." And I'll grab them up, you know, just something, uh, 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 you know, I went to Burger King and I got a double cheeseburger meal or whatever for the guy. And I brought it back out to him with a large Coke and he was geeked. He was so yep. ecstatic, you know, and yep. that did more for me than it did for him. For him, it's a meal. It's going to be yeah. gone in eight hours. For me, I thought yeah. about that for a week, yeah. you know. Well, and 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 that that energy, you know, don't, 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 don't discount, you know, that that energy shifts his thinking, you know, oh, I mean, of course you know, it he, does. He, yeah. Yeah, it gives him faith. But, you know, the energy, the positivity that you get out of that, and, and, and that's operating in a subconscious, that boils over to your son, to other people you come into contact totally. with. And that's, you know, I mean, we're, we're saying the same thing. Those simple acts of, kind of holding a door for somebody, you know, paying, yeah, you know, just, you, you know, I mean, you know, paying for someone's toll or the coffee behind you, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Just something, it's, you know, it's just, just anything, those simple acts of kindness make all the difference in the world. 100%. And and, and yep. as a kid, I didn't understand that. You know, and I mean, as a little kid, it was always like, well, why do I want that thing? Why would that why would I benefit from that? You know, because I would hear it as a kid. But when I get a little older, it started occurring to me. It's like, no, actually, it's 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 almost the, it comes back to that whole the more you give, the more you get kind of thing, too. You know, and don't do it for selfish reasons, of course, you know. Don't don't be like I'm going to donate my whole paycheck in the hopes that I'm going to get three times that much. No, <laughs> but <laughs> no, well, no, that's no, that's not the way it works. You know, no. it's, it's got to be authentic. It's got to yeah, be authentic. exactly. It has to be authentic. Yes, and that's when it when the true power comes into play. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so let me ask you this then. You know, speaking of your grandmother and uh, you know and, and energy and everything. So, what what do you believe? You know, uh, what, what happens when we die? Where do you think we go? Yeah. What do you think happens? Well, you know, I, I and I, I, I have a degree in geology. I studied geology. So, you know, on the physical level, 
you know, we, we, our atoms just, you know, they, they don't, they don't disintegrate. They just get reorganized. I mean, they, they, you know, they go somewhere else. I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer that, you know, there's only two things in the, in the known universe, the universe that I know is energy and matter and you can't create or destroy it. So physically our, you know, our molecules, you know, the atoms that make us up go somewhere, they get reorganized. Right. And so on an intellectual level, um, you know, it really depends what your life's work has been. You know, if anybody, if you leave anything on an intellectual level behind, whether it's a book or writing or recording or, or a, a painting or sculptor or song, you know, or just, you know, some quips or, or, or sayings that you passed on to your kids, you know, on, and that stuff can live on forever, you know, and then spiritually, you know, I believe we're all connected. I think, I think yeah. our spirit and our, I think our spirit and our soul are a little bit different. I think everyone has a soul, you know, it, it operates on the spiritual level, but I think we all have a soul. And I think that comes to us and, and, and is part of what, who we are while we're here. But on a spiritual level, I think we're all part of the, the universal spirit. And I think, I think our energy just um, gets re- recirculated back into that infinite pool um, of the spiritual consciousness. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here right now. I'm on, I'm in Chicago on the North side. I mean, we're at a condo on the 12th floor. We're looking out at the lake, you know, that lake is made up of trillions and trillions of droplets. You know what I mean? Trillions and trillions of droplets. If you take one drop of water out of that lake, the lake is no longer the same, right? It's the same with our energy. It's the same with our spirit. We're all, yes, we're all small drops, but at the end of the day, we make up a huge ocean, Ocean, which is the ocean, the ocean of spiritual consciousness. So that's what I think happens. You know, is there a place that we go to? I was raised Catholic. You know, I was raised that there's hell. So yeah, so was I. Absolutely. There's heaven. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's accurate or I don't know if it's not accurate. You know, however, I think that I think we just get re you know, we our energy gets recycled. You know, and that's that's really what I think. Yeah. That's I, I'm pretty pretty much in the same uh, uh ballpark as what you think, you know. Uh but I'm of course I'm open to any possibility because that's the that's the core essence of this podcast is no one really knows for sure right you know have you studied have you studied any of the eastern stuff any of the hindu or veda um just have in you passing. Done any no i i uh i had a few guests though who've been on who have had extensive uh uh experience with that and mm-hmm. some of the things that they've that they've passed on just through the podcast were fascinating and, and i've thought about you know I'd like to get, I'm more of an audiobook type of person when I read. Yeah. I don't know if I've got a, I don't know if I've got a mild case of dyslexia or what, but I, right. I, I'll read a page and then all of a sudden, like, I'll, I'll be like, what did I just read? I have no idea. And I got to yeah. go back and reread it. So it gives me not, huh. not necessarily anxiety, but it gives me almost like a, I, I, I like to make sure I absorb every little, you know, squeeze every little ounce of something out of it. So when I have an audio book, sure. it's easy to just rewind. And so yeah. I would love to check it out, you know, in an oh. audio book format. Yeah, yeah. There's well, there's there's it's called the Vedas. The Vedas are about fifteen thousand years old. So uh, there's a whole bunch. I mean, there's a couple. There's the the uh, and I never get it right. The the Veda, the the the, the Gita, they call it, and then the uh, the Dhammapada. I mean, those are basically the three main texts that are you know that uh and i'll be more i'll send you know i can send those to you as well but are you from are you a fan of deepak chopra um i'm familiar with it what refresh my memory well deepak chopra is a you know he's probably 70 75 years old he's he's one of my favorites there's very few people that i can 
that, trying to that, think. I gotta I look them up because I yeah, look them up. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll do me a favor. Send me an email um, when we're done with this. If you haven't already, do you yeah. have my email address? Uh, yeah, I've got it right here uh, uh, on the uh, um, my the contact list that I sent out to you. Uh, okay, good. Okay, hang on. I gotta I gotta check this out because I know I know I wasn't sure if it was a if it was a book or if it was a person or, um, you know what? I'll get it for me afterwards. And I don't want to sit here, you know, okay. for the next ten minutes. Um, yeah, but well, some folks well, refresh my memory on. I'll send. Well, I'll send you with uh, my email address or what I was talking about. No, the the Deepak. Oh, Chopra. Deepak. Yeah, Deepak Chopra is just a, he's a you know he's he's from either India or Pakistan, but he's uh, you know he's a, he's he's been westernized, but he's really really great, and he um, you know he does a lot of stuff during. Uh, he's got a couple books. Um, one's called the uh, the Seven Karmic Laws. It just talks about the Eastern side of you know what us as 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 westerners think differently they think differently about life and death and i think they they really have death um in perspective a lot better than a lot of a lot of westerners do and and um you know it was very fascinating i've done a lot of study in that realm you know the eastern and buddhist realm you know i'm not a buddhist or a hindu but you know they've got a lot to offer and they've been around for a long time and this you know, their way of thinking about life and death is is a little bit different. It's very, it's pretty intriguing. They've got some really interesting things that make you think. You know, because um, uh, you know we are we're not just what what happens here. There's something beyond this physical life that we're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's one of the things I'm I'm finding from a lot of uh, uh, people who have experienced some of the Eastern philosophies and Eastern practices is that. It's that enlightenment. It's that next level. It's that higher self, whatever you want to refer to it as, of getting into that. And well, and 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 the 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 you know the people like Timothy Leary and all of them, they kind of dabbled in that with you know through hallucinogenics, where it was opening up that third eye. And yeah. so it's it, it's amazing how how different everything is, yet how connected everything is. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the more right, the more the changes, the more it stays the same. Yeah, right, right. So, and I, and I did, I managed to Google him, and yes, I have seen him. I, I I don't know if I've seen him on on YouTube talks or or something like that, but I am familiar with uh, with having seen some presentations by him or something. Maybe somebody reading an excerpt, but I, the name looks familiar and his face looks yeah. familiar. So, yeah, he's he's really. I'm a big fan of his. He's really. And he brings it. He brings it down to earth, where it's not too swami. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like yeah. He, talk, he, he talks in, in plain English that so you can understand and really connect with. So nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check. Yeah. I'll have to check him out more. Uh, uh, there's a lot of a lot of new names that are also coming up uh, uh, through the podcast that you know I get exposure to that I check it out, and you know some will be like, oh, that's a lot like uh, you know Alan Watts, for example, who I wasn't familiar with, and. Uh, uh, and then another guest was like, oh, that's very Alan Watts-like. And so I, I went and looked it up. I'm like, okay, yeah, because I'm, I'm open to pretty much anything. You know, yeah. I, I, if, if, it makes, if it makes sense, there's usually a connection somehow to something else. And yeah. it's, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I'm always open to learning new stuff, especially when it comes to this subject, because I've been fascinated since I've been little. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's you know, it, a lot of the stuff has been figured out. We just we just retool it. You know, what I mean, yes, it's just a, yeah. a, a retooling, totally. um, which there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, you know, no. it's, it's 
you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. And well, and that happens with a lot of different things. I mean, there's only so many ingredients, but yet they get made into different recipes all the time. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Hey, uh, Carl, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, yeah, if you can get me all those links, if you don't mind me sharing them, I'll put them in the show notes so other people can benefit from them as well. hundred percent. hundred percent. I'll, uh, I'll definitely, I'll send them to you in PDF form and you can do with them whatever you want. Perfect. Yeah, I will do that. And, uh, um, you know, any, any, uh, uh, links to your websites or anything like that, uh, please include those in the email. I'll shoot you an email as soon as we're done. Uh, and then just, uh, respond that, you know, send any of that back and I'll put it, uh, I'll put it all in the, uh, like I said, the show notes. So other people who are interested want to check this out. It's a, it's there for them. Very good. Well, thank you so much for, for doing what you're doing because I think it's, I think it's important. And it does make a difference for people. You know, you never know who's listening. And, and yeah. you know, like you said earlier, you make you make a connection with one person. You know, and if, if that makes a difference for them, then, then everything you're doing is worthwhile. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. And uh, let's Absolutely. stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd love to uh, love to pick your brain on more of these subjects because it's uh, this is this is right in my wheelhouse. So I love all this stuff. So sounds great okay great thanks a lot carl you have yourself a good rest of your weekend the last few hours of it there is <laughs> will we'll do thanks bye bye bye. and that was my conversation with carl moose he is somebody that i would definitely reach out to if you were wanting to find your focus and you can do that at his website www.yourfocusguy.com and he can help you with overcoming different things of doubt and manifesting and power positive thought so definitely you know go for those kinds of things don't cut yourself short don't sell yourself short whatever the saying is you know what i mean anyway in the meantime have yourself a good day have yourself a good life